Hello and welcome to Parsha on a Pod. My name is Yechiel Shafra. I am the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish congregation in Maryland. This week we are going to be taking a look at Parshat Korach. What a challenging Parsha. Korach leads a gang against Moshe and Aaron, and God intervenes to clearly establish their leadership, to quell the insurrection. This Parsha raises massive questions about Jewish leadership, about succession, and about trust. Here is Parshat Korach in seven parts. Part 1. Vayakumu Lifnei Moshe Korach ben Yitzar, from the tribe of Levi, along with Datan and Aviram, On ben Pelet from the tribe of Reuven, rise up against Moshe. And they gather 250 men to challenge the leadership structure that has been established. Their claim is that everyone is holy, so they are unclear why the leadership structure is exclusively within Moshe's family. Moshe heard their complaints and fell to the ground. The Ramban, Nachmanides, chapter 16, verse 4, points out that only Moshe engaged with Korach and his gang because Aaron felt that their claim may have had merit. Moshe speaks with Korach and his gang and tells them that God will illustrate who is chosen to lead the Israelites. They will use the Ketoret, the incense ceremony to illustrate this. He also scolds Korach, wondering aloud why their status as Levites is not enough for them, indicating the sinister uh, motivations behind their claim. Moshe also points out that their rebellion is not against Aaron, but it's against God. Let's be honest about what's going on here. Moshe calls to Datan and Aviram, who are apparently not present in front of Moshe with Korach, and they refuse to join the assembly. And so ends part one. Part two. Aflo el Eretz Zavat Chalav Udvash Heviatanu, Petite Lanu Nachla Sadev Chorem, Heinaya Nashim Haher Tenakelo Naale. Datan and Aviram have their own complaints. They, they have their own issues. They suggest that they will not come at Moshe's request, even at the threat of personal violence against, against them. If you see Rashi 16, 14, he, he expands upon their concerns. Moshe grew angry with Datan and Aviram and the whole general complaint, and he prayed to God to find no favor towards this party of complainers. Moshe says to Korach and his gang that tomorrow God will appear, and each member of this gang should take a firepan in preparation for the Ketoret ceremony. Each did so and gathered at the entrance of the Mishkan. God's presence appeared. Ramban, Nachmanides chapter 16, verse 19, points out that the glory of God appeared to the entire congregation to illustrate that it was God who was carrying out the decree. It was God who was responding to Korach and his gang, not Moshe. And so ends part two. Part three. 
kibodlu mitolcha ida hazos va'achale osam karaga. God tells Moshe and Aaron to separate themselves from the entire congregation, and they will be destroyed in an instant. Both Moshe and Aaron fall on their faces and pray to God not to destroy the entire community. God tells Moshe to withdraw from Korach, from Datan and Aviram's camp, and Moshe tells the entire community to do so, to separate themselves from these wicked people. Datan and Aviram and their entire families, the, the wives, the children, come out to the entrance of their tents to watch the spectacle, watch the orchestration of Moshe, almost seemingly mocking what Moshe is trying to do. Moshe announces that God will be administering a punishment against these men and their families. They will not die natural deaths. If there is a new creation, Moshe says, and the earth's mouth opens to swallow these men alive, then know it is God who has appointed Moshe to lead, God who appointed me to lead. Moshe had barely finished speaking when a gaping hole opened in the earth and swallowed alive Korach and all of his community. The Israelites were terrified that they too would be swallowed by the earth beneath them. A fire killed the 250 men that had gathered at Korach's request. God tells Moshe to tell Eleazar, the son of Aaron, to gather the firepans of the 250 men and to fashion them into a covering for the altar, for the Mizbeach. The people complain against Moshe and Aaron for the death they afflicted. And again, God's presence appears on the Mishkan. And so ends part three. Part four. Oh man. God says to Moshe to distance himself again from the entire camp so he can destroy them in an instant. One of the main themes in this parsha. It's very troubling. Moshe says to Aaron to take a fire from the altar, place incense on the fire and achieve atonement for the Israelites, for a plague has broken out in their midst. Aaron did as he was instructed, and he took the incense and stood between the living and those who had died. The plague was halted, the plague stopped. The Torah tells us that 14,700 people died in this plague. Aaron returns to Moshe at the entrance of the Mikdash. I highly encourage and recommend that you take a look at Rashi, who has a wild description of what Aaron is exactly doing when he stands between the living and the dead. So ends part four. Part five. Pach me itam mate mate la base of me'ace kol nesihem la base of osam. God says to Moshe to take from the Israelites a staff, a stick per tribe, to represent each of the Shvatim, each of the tribes. Inscribe on the staff the name of the prince of the tribe. Inscribe on the staff of Levi Aaron's name and place them all inside the Mishkan. The person who is chosen by God will be indicated on their staff through it blossoming. Moshe played, placed the staffs in the Mishkan 
and the next day Aaron's staff was discovered to have flowers and almonds on it. Aaron's staff was blossoming. All the other sticks were returned to the respective prince. And so ends part five. Part six. Vayome Hashem el Moshe, Hashev es Matei Aharon lifnei ha'edut lemishmeret. God tells Moshe to place Aaron's blossoming staff in the Holy of Holies as a testimony to the events of this parasha. The Israelites now approach Moshe claiming that they have lost any hope to go on. They have no hope to continue. The task ahead for them is too dangerous. The idea of living with a Mishkan in their midst was too risky. God turns to Aaron and says, that it is up to him and the Kohanim to protect the sanctuary and to ensure that no one who is not supposed to comes close to it. The tribe of Levi is also tasked with protecting the Mishkan. The Levites were not allowed to have any contact with the vessels in the Mikdash itself. The Kohanim were tasked with protecting that which is found within the Mikdash and the, servicing, the services performed within. Aaron and the Kohanim will receive truma gifts and various parts of the Karbanot, almost as a reward for this protection they offer to the contents of the Mikdash. The first fruits may be eaten by the Kohanim. The firstborns of human and animals will belong to Kohanim and will be redeemed in various ways. The Kohanim will have no property because their inheritance, their portion, is God himself and their purpose is distinct from all others. And so ends part six. Part seven. The Levites will also receive various gifts for their dedication to the Mikdash. The services of the Mishkan will be performed by the Levim, and no one else, no one else should protect the Mishkan except for that tribe of the Levim. The Levim will receive tithes and will have no territorial share amongst the Israelites. God said to Moshe to tell the Levim that they will receive the tithes and you will need to tithe from what they receive and give on to the Kohanim. They are not exempt from passing on their lot to the Kohanim, a part of their lot to the Kohanim. After they have removed the gifts appropriate for the Kohanim, they can consume the remainder of the tithes. You will incur no guilt by eating the truma if you are careful about how and where it is consumed. And so ends Parshat Korach. Thank you for joining us on Parsha on a Pod, where we reviewed a challenging but critically important Parsha of Korach. Here is a final thought on the Parsha. If last week's Parsha was about, Jewish, about the Jewish people confronting their newfound mortality, following the decree that they would die in the desert. I just look at last week's Parsha and count the, the amount of times the word Dorot in some fashion appears in the Parsha. Then this week, the next significant raised due to their mortality is the question of leadership and succession. 
while Korach's intentions were clearly nefarious, and Datan and Aviram were cynical and anti-establishment for the sake of being disruptive. The fact that so many supported Korach's campaign indicates the looming question of how does the Torah establish leadership. In this week's Parsha, the leadership is established by, di- by the direct intervention of God. And the question, though, remains, and will be present in the coming Parshiot in the coming weeks. Thank you again for taking a few minutes out to listen to Parshan on Pod. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, rate us, share it with a friend. My name is Yechiel Schaffer. This has been Parsha on a Pod, Parshat Korach. <laughs>